Welcome to the sermon podcast of Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are glad that you are here. At Christ Church, we believe that God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. As we journey through the Bible together, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Christ Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the Word of God bless you today. Our second reading today is from the book of Revelation in the first chapter, verses 1 through 18. I invite you to listen for the good news today. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants what must soon take place. And he made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace who, from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before the throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood, and who made us to be a kingdom, Priests serving his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And on his account, all of the tribes of earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother, who share with you in Jesus Christ the persecution and the kingdom and the patient endurance. I was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergam, to Thyatira, Thytria, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. 
So then I, I turned to see whose voice it was that spoke to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, I saw one like the Son of Man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white, like white wool, white, white as snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined as in a furnace. And his voice was like the sound of many waters. And in his right hand, he held seven stars. And from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun shining with full force. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he placed his right hand on me, saying, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one. I was dead and see, I am alive forever and ever. And I, have the keys of death and of Hades. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Tell them about the dream, Martin. Tell them about the dream. That was the call to prophecy that prompted one of the most important speeches in the history of our nation or probably the world. Anybody watched the, uh, the Beatles documentary recently that's on Apple TV about uh, the making of that uh, album and, and the concert? You've seen it, Brian. There's a moment in there. That it's the Beatles um, uh, in their studios. It's, it's many hours long, but they're preparing for this famous concert that they give on the roof of their recording studio. And you see them writing these songs. It's, it's an amazing experience, the creative process that you witness there. And there's a moment one morning they come in, John Lennon sits down, he's playing on his guitar. He starts, you know, singing some other songs. And then he starts, he says, in, in his Liverpool accent, imitating Martin Luther King, he starts to recite the I have a dream speech. He says, I saw this the other night. Did you see this speech? It, 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 was, it was like a Tennyson poem, he said. It, it was so beautiful. It was so amazing. And so it is a, it is a speech that truly affected the whole world. It, it, it seeped into the, the spirit of the Beatles as they were crafting an album. It's probably in that album somewhere. Anyway, it's a speech that affected the whole world. When I say these four words, most of you will know right away who said them and why. That's the power of this speech. All I have to say is, I have a dream. There you are. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. shared his powerful vision on August 28th, 1963, at the March on Washington. He had prepared some written remarks for the day. He was in the middle of, of delivering those when a voice from behind him said, tell them about the dream, Martin. It was Mahalia Jackson. 
She was a famous gospel singer. She was performing there that day. He, she had heard him talk before in another setting about this dream that he had had. And as he was in the middle of addressing this crowd of 250,000 people, she knew that he had to tell them about the dream, Martin. So he changed up in that moment what was written on the page. And he said, well, I have a dream. It's a dream that's deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed, that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at a table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day, even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And he says, I have that dream today. Today, we are starting a sermon series that's all about a dream. A dream deeply rooted not in the American dream, but in God's dream for creation. A dream rooted in all of Scripture. It is the dream of the book of Revelation, the last word about God in the Bible. We're going to spend several weeks exploring this dream. It's a dream of a man named John who was exiled on the small island of Patmos, which is an island uh, in the Mediterranean Sea right between uh, Greece and modern day Greece and modern day Turkey towards Turkey. His dream is important not only because it provides a vision of God's kingdom on earth, but because it is a creative, imaginative vision of God's very real, very powerful activity in the world at all times. Now, we're living at a time when dreams and visions are not so common, not because God isn't trying every day in a million ways to get our attention but because ours is time numb to the transcendence of God, busy with the day-to-day stuff, alienated from each other, distracted by the constant onslaught from the media, social media, politicians. But our time is not unique for in Martin Luther King's day and in John of Patmos's day, there were similar struggles and distractions. In the time of Revelation, the time that Revelation was, was written in, in, in the Roman Empire, there was great tribulation. There was persecution and oppression like today. There was political turmoil. There was hopelessness. There was fear. And that is the time in which dreamers must speak up. Read the words of the prophecy. 
says Revelation, reads of the words of the prophecy, for in reading them and in hearing, there is a blessing. It's just the right time to tell them about the dream. Before he shared his dream, Dr. King, he said in that speech, let us not wallow in the valley of despair. I say to you today, my friends, And even so, even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. Why do you think it is that today, even this week, as we celebrate Dr. King's birthday, nearly 60 years after he first shared his dream, why is it that we still turn to Dr. King's dream? The children study it in their schools, that they write essays on it. It's recited on college campuses to this day and city streets tomorrow. What is it about this dream? Is it that it delights us to imagine such a hopeful vision becoming a reality today? His is a dream that we still need, and so is Revelation. Revelation was designed to do the same thing for John's community a long time ago. At first, because it is from another culture and another time, Revelation may seem a little off-putting. It's old, but it is a dream designed to give hope and courage, a call to action for people of faith in John's day 2,000 years ago. And it reaches back into Scripture to do that. Dr. King reaches all the way back to the prophet Isaiah, to, his, to Isaiah's dream. Dr. King says, I have a dream that, that one day, and this is from Isaiah, every valley shall be exalted and every hill and mountain shall be made low. And the rough places will be made plain and the crooked places will be made straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. That was King sharing Isaiah's dream. What is it about Isaiah's dream that Dr. King studied to give hope to Americans in his time? What is it about a dream? Well, as Dr. King came to the end of his speech, he said this vision from Isaiah, that this is our hope. This is the faith that I go back to, to back to the South with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, he's talking about our faith. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. With this hope, with this expectation, we are going to dream with John in the book of Revelation. Because I believe it may help us hew out of the mountain of our own despair a stone of hope. 
Dr. King heard the voice of Mahalia Jackson from behind him saying, tell them about the dream, Martin. But in Revelation, John said, I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. And it was saying, write in a book what you see. So here's a pop quiz. I want you to think all the way back to the first Sunday of Advent. We talked about the word apocalypse. Remember that? Apocalypse. What does apocalypse mean? I'll give you a hint. It's the name of the book we're talking about. It means revelation or a disclosure or an unveiling, something coming or appearing. That is what apocalypse means. We think it's about the terrifying end of the world. It's about the coming of the kingdom of God, the revealing of it. It's it's a present being opened. It is coming into a home for dinner and smelling some delicious aroma and and following that aroma to the kitchen. What is that aroma coming from? And and opening the, the lid of the pot and seeing the beautiful stew revealed. Apocalypse. That's good. This book is something that was revealed to John, something that appeared to him, a very extraordinary world unveiled around him in the midst of his very ordinary world on an ordinary day, much like this day, in fact. In fact, it was, he says, it was the Lord's day. It's the day that we go to church. John said, I was in the spirit which could mean that I was just saying my prayers on the Lord's day. He was in the practice of his Christian faith on any given Sunday when, just as could happen here today at this very moment, he heard from behind him a loud voice like a trumpet, and it was not Mahalia Jackson. There were no organs to play the sound of that trumpet. Brian was not there in the loft. It's a loud Sound piercing the air, hanging there, both clear and sultry, that sound like a trumpet. And the voice told him to write what he was about to see and to send it in a letter to his seven churches who needed to hear, needed to hear about this dream. So now is a good time to tell you that there is a great deal that we simply do not know or understand about this book. Or, for example, who our dreamer is. We just know that he is John, a faithful Christian who was living on the island of Patmos, possibly as an exile, as punishment for his religious beliefs and practices. There is also a great deal of symbolism in this book. Like a dream, much does not make sense to us. It does not obey the... the rules of space and time, but it has meaning. We are, not, uh, we're, we're, we are not going to have time as we study this book of Revelation to unpack all of the symbolism, but just hold in mind that like a vision, like a dream, there is much mystery, there is imagination, There is much that is not literally real, but has great meaning. It is like poetry. It is like art. It is like stew on the stove waiting to be revealed. 
There are many scholars suggest that Revelation is actually made up of hymns that were used in the early church. The seven churches who got a letter and the number seven itself stirs up our curiosity. It's interesting that our neighbors down in Philly, they got a letter. City of brotherly, sisterly love. Now, when John, he, he, he turns to see about this voice interrupting his Sunday worship, his Sabbath worship, he sees, like we had here on Christmas Eve, seven golden lampstands. Do you remember those candelabras? Maybe they were like that, uh, surrounding this area, just like that, just here. He saw maybe even this, surrounded by seven lampstands. Maybe they were menorahs. In the midst of those seven lampstands, he saw a figure that was so grand, so truly original, that John cannot say exactly what it is that he saw. He's left only with trying to describe what it was like. Over and over again, he's left with just, it was, it was kind of like, you ever had that? You're trying to explain something, you don't really have the language to explain it directly. It was just, it was kind of like this other thing. It was, he said it was, kind, it, was like, it was like the Son of Man, you know, and it was like he had a white wool as hair, like, like white as snow, and it was, it, was, it was kind of like his eyes were like flames of fire, and his feet were like bronze, and he had a voice like the roar of many waters. His face was like, it was kind of like I was looking at the sun shining in full strength. And what John sees brings him to his knees. He fell at the feet of this figure as though dead. But, John says, he laid his hands on me and he, was, he said, don't, don't be afraid. Tell the seven churches, John, that you saw this figure and it was terrifying. You didn't know what it meant, what it, it was like. Just tell them what it was like. And, but make sure you tell the churches that what he did, he laid his hands on you and he said, tell them, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I am the first. I have the last word. I am the last. I am the living one. I was dead. But see, I'm alive forever and ever. Tell them that, John. They need to hear that dream. Tell them the dream. I'm alive forever and ever. We we only know what the man was like, but he sounds to me a lot like Jesus. What will follow is apocalypse, revelation, dreams and visions that God has for John to share with the church in his day, to wake them up, to bring them back to their literal senses, to make them aware that God is at work in the world, that there is more going on here than we may recognize or even understand without some holy help. Christ Church, it is a perfect time for us to hear the revelation of John. For in our own day, God is also eager for us to wake up to God's presence in the world. God has given us all eyes to see, but often we just aren't looking for where God is in this moment. 
We're looking back to see all the places God was in our past. But through scripture, God gives us today, like the gospel singer waiting in the wings like a trumpet blast, God through scripture is urging us to pay attention, to share what you see, to share your dreams, tell them about your dreams. Beloved, we all have a dream. Here, here's mine. My dream is that you would know and feel the embrace of God. That you would feel like God's arms are around you and you would find in that embrace the comfort and the courage to share and believe in your hopes and your dreams. We need you to tell us about the dreams. Tell us about your faith. For with this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, maybe to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are honored you joined us. If you're in Harrisburg, we welcome you to join us for worship on Sundays at 1030. To find out more about our church as well as the free health services we offer, visit our website, ChristHarrisburg.org. Our theme music is by Lucian Kemper. I hope today's sermon blessed you and you'll join us again. Until then... May God be with you.